Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. So what I'd like for you to do is open up to Exodus chapter 12. Hold your place there because we're also going to go to John 2. Because right now, this past Sunday was Palm Sunday, and it has quite a bit to do with what's called Passover. So to set up the story first, there was this long-running plot to kill Jesus, and the head honchos that were planning the whole thing, they were up in Jerusalem. And so when you read in the Bible, all the passages in the books that talk about Jesus was headed for Jerusalem, that tells you that he was purposely going there to die on the cross for the sins of the world. I mean, the guys that are wanting to kill you, they're in Jerusalem. Why would you want to go to Jerusalem if that's where the danger is at? Well, he was thinking of you and me dying for our salvation. But before that, he also went to participate in what was called Passover. Gentiles, I want you to understand that your Messiah Jesus, your Lord, he participated in Passover. Okay? John 2.13, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, that's your first big kicker right there. I I know a bunch of my Jewish friends understand Passover, but I'm really trying to nail the Gentiles today because I am one. I'm a Gentile. I want you to realize that if Messiah Jesus celebrated Passover, then as a follower of Messiah Jesus, then I want to celebrate Passover too. It concerns me that the majority of my Gentile friends, they don't even know what Passover is. But the question then comes up, why don't they know? How come they don't know about Passover? Our culture has injected a substitute holiday over the top of God's prescribed holidays, simply to distract us away from how God wants to be worshipped. If you recall the story from 1 Kings 12, I've taught on that in the past. Go look at my 1 Kings 12. At that time, the kingdom of Israel was divided in two two different kingdoms. There were different kings ruling at the same time. King Rehoboam, he reigned in Jerusalem, and the other king, Jeroboam, he was afraid that if the Jewish people all go back to Jerusalem, to Rehoboam's territory, that if they all go back to the temple to serve God, worship God the way God wants to be worshipped, he was afraid he was going to lose them. They were all going to decide to stick with Rehoboam, that he would lose his kingdom. And so to keep the people as his own, to keep them from going over to Rehoboam's part of the kingdom, Jeroboam devised what's called new holidays, new holidays with false idols to distract them from going back to Jerusalem. I want you to look at this in 1 Kings 12:32. Jeroboam ordained a feast on the 15th day of the month like the feast that was in Judah. Do you see that? 
He invented an alternate holiday to coincide at the same time in order to bypass worship away from God. The Jerusalem holidays that was going on, Jeroboam set up another one with false idols to keep them from going to worship God the way he wanted to, to keep them out of Jerusalem. So he had to set up another holiday, and he had to make it coincide at the same time as the ones that Jerusalem was holding. And so this became long known as the sin of Jeroboam. Now, I want you to keep that in your mind, because I'm going to come back to that several times. The sin of Jeroboam, duplicate holidays at the same time, false idols to distract away from the real ones, okay? Now, Gentile friend, hear me. You got to consider that if Jesus himself attended Passover, then why aren't most Gentile Christians not participating in Passover? Because the sin of Jeroboam is still at work today. There is the sin of Jeroboam has distracted their worship away from God the way God wanted it to be done. And friends, I want you to realize that I'm not Jewish, and even I have the ability to recognize this problem. Isaiah 42 and 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Friends, are any of you starting to catch onto the urgencies of why Christians should understand Passover? You know, knowing about the things that Jesus did, the fact that he attended Passover, understanding the things that Jesus did will help us to understand who Jesus is. A lot of Gentile Christians, they don't know who their Messiah is. He's very Jewish. They have Americanized or Gentilized the Messiah to being a non-Jewish Gentile Jesus. He's not. He's Jewish. He's the God of Israel. Okay, we got to understand him. So to understand who Jesus is, we got to know what he did. So let's work up towards the Passover, but we're going to start with Palm Sunday, which was right before. Now, Palm Sunday, that's when Jesus came to Jerusalem in John 12, 9. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, Many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Now, interesting, the chief priests were planning to kill Lazarus. Okay, the guy that was raised from the dead, well, we're going to kill him again. (laughs) He's already come back to life. Kill that guy again. But the priests wanted to kill Jesus. See, there's that sin of Jeroboam still at work trying to replace whatever glorified God. Jesus was on his way to glorify God. Kill that man. Kill Jesus. It's trying to replace They wanted to keep their power. The priests wanted to be the guys in charge. Jesus is going to overthrow our positions of power. We got to take him out. John 12 and 12. The next day, the great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Now, friends, it said the feast here. It's talking about a feast. What feast was that? This feast was Passover. Jesus attended Passover. Believer, hear me. If Jesus attended Passover, then how come you're not attending Passover? If he went, how come we Gentiles have forgotten what Passover even is? Now, all this praise that was going on for Jesus, it infuriated the Pharisees because Jesus threatened their positions. 
their power, their little stronghold that they had. And so when they plotted to kill Jesus, they had no idea that actually trying to kill Jesus was going to make Jesus to be the Passover lamb sacrifice. It's, they, they didn't have the, a, the spiritual sight to be able to see this. But here's what Palm Sunday was for. Everybody laid out palm leaves in front of him. Blessed is he, blessed is the king of Israel. But it wouldn't be very long after this when Jesus would be surrounded by people who would be shouting the exact opposite thing. No more blesses the king. They would be shouting, crucify him. John 12, 27. Jesus said, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Now that's very important. Jesus wanted the father to be glorified. Do you see how Jesus rejected every possible way of getting out of crucifixion? If there was any way out, he didn't want it. He wanted to do this the Father's way. Now, today we are overwhelmed with all of these new and invented holidays that men have devised, just like Jeroboam did. And they're designed to take the place at the same time as God's prescribed holidays as distractions to take glory away from Father God. Friends, Jesus said, Father, glorify your name. Aren't you in the same thought process as Jesus was? Father, we want your name to be glorified. If that's where we are, if you agree with that, then you need to listen to the rest of what I'm going to tell you. Some of this is going to be hard. Don't don't blow a blood vessel in your forehead. <laughs> don't blow a gasket. Hear me out. Give me a chance to talk first, okay? I want you to realize if God would not share his glory, and we read that, I will not share my glory with carved images or anything else, he said then that means we as believers, we have to eliminate everything that tries to take place of his glory, that tries to replace his glory and steal it away, including man's invented replacement holidays. And I want to ask you to look at your calendar right now, pick up your phone, whatever, look at your calendar, and I want you to see that there is also another holiday that takes place at the exact same time as Passover. Do you see it? There's another holiday in there. Uh-oh, what is that? This holiday is what is called Easter. Like I said, you need to bear with me. Hear me out before you get upset. Easter, I'm not knocking the resurrection. I'm not discrediting the resurrection of Jesus at all. I want to show you a Bible verse from two different Bible translations. I want you to take a look at this, okay? Acts 12 and 4. First, I'm going to read from the King James Version. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, look at Acts 12, 4 from the New King James Version. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. I want you to notice this is this is Acts 12:4 from different versions, different translations of the Bible, but for some reason one says Easter and the other says Passover. So which one is right? Is it Easter or is it Passover? It's got to be one or the other. One of them's got to be wrong cuz they're not the same thing. Here's how you 
resolve these issues. You go to look at blueletterbible.org that takes you back to the original text, the original language of what it was actually written into. The New King James Bible is a translation where somebody brought it from Hebrew or Greek or whatever to English so the English-speaking people could understand it. Same with the King James. It's a translation, okay? But Blue Letter Bible will tell you what that original word is. And that original word there where we saw Easter or Passover, which one? That original word is Pascha in the Greek, or in Pes- or in Hebrew, it's Pesach. Pascha in Greek, or Pesach in Hebrew, and that word, that means Passover. That word is Passover. The NIV says it's Passover, so does the ESV. So does the ASV, the NLT, the CSB, the NET, and the RSV. Just about all the Bible translations call it Passover, except for the King James Version. Now, you've got to ask the question, and you hear me building my case here. I'm showing it to you. Why did somebody remove Passover and replace it with Easter? See, there's the sin of Jeroboam again. Because somebody somewhere did not like the Jewishness of Messiah Jesus. Now, if it was wrong for Jeroboam to make a replacement holiday, and by the way, at that replacement holiday that he did to coincide with the same ones going on in Jerusalem, Jeroboam made golden calves, just like Israel did when they came out of Egypt. They made golden calves. And you remember how angry that made God, right? If it was wrong for Jeroboam to use golden calves, then friends, it's wrong for us to use bunnies and eggs. Now, I am not discounting the resurrection. Please hear me. Please give me my opportunity to speak. Don't get upset. I will get into the rest of this here in a minute, but just bear with me first. I just want you to know that somewhere along the line, somebody tried to distract us from seeing why Jesus had to die. They tried to put something else in there. If you remember the story, when Israel came out of Egypt, Aaron had the golden calves made, and he actually said, this is a festival to the Lord. This is a celebration to the Lord. How do you take calves and make it about the Lord? Remember, God got very angry at them for that. Let's put off the sin of Jeroboam distraction for a minute. Just put off that distraction, alternate holidays, and I want us to take a look at when the Passover was first instituted way back when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. Let's just go straight into it together. Okay, in Exodus 12 and 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw. 
nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Okay, I want you to catch this visual here that we've been given. They took a sacrificed lamb. A sacrifice was used to transfer their sins off of themselves, and it would go on to the animal, so that when the animal was killed and burned, it represented the animal taking on the fiery judgment for sins in their place. It was a way to get the sin off and transferred over. So the Lord told them to do this. Take this lamb, kill it, and consume it destroy the rest of it with fire, burn it up, and you notice they were to eat this with bitter herbs. That was to remind them of the bitter years they spent as Egypt's slaves. And while they did all this, the whole time they were doing this, they were supposed to be ready to leave really, really fast. That's why God ordered them to do this with their belt on and with their shoes on, get ready to run. Why did God tell them to be ready for such a hurry? Why do this and be ready to book it out of there? Exodus 12 and 12 says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. I love the way he said that because I'm the Lord. He just said, I'm about to kill a lot of people. I'm going to kill a lot of animals. And a lot of people would be thinking, but God doesn't do this. And he says, yes, I do. I'm the Lord. It's kind of like, I have the authority to do this. Don't argue with this. I'm telling you it's coming. I'm the Lord. But friends, let that sink in for a minute. God was about to kill a bunch of people to execute judgment against sin. God has to do this. And when all this chaos was going to hit, The Israelites had better be ready to run because that was their opportunity to get out of there. Egypt's condemnation would be what facilitated Israel's escape. You know, friends, God does not mess around when it comes to giving us a safe way out, but he also doesn't mess around with dealing with sin either. He will give you a way out. Our way out is through Jesus Christ, who has condemned our sacrifice, but he's very harsh on sin. Now, I want you to remember what he told them to do in verse 7. Exodus 12, 7, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. So while they're eating this lamb, they're supposed to take the blood from the Passover lamb. They were supposed to smear it around the top of the doorpost and also around the windows. Now, this would mark them, right? You've got all these houses all over Egypt, and some of them have got blood on the outside. I mean, think about it. If you were walking through your neighborhood, and it's a normal day, and all of a sudden you notice people are smearing blood all around the doors and windows, you're marked, correct? Well, there's a point to this. Exodus 12 and 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will, look at that word, guys, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it. Friends, do you see that? You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. 
throughout your generations. You shall, here it is again, keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. How many times did the Lord say for them to keep it? He said it twice. Twice. (laughs) That means God doesn't want this to be forgotten. In fact, he called it a memorial. He did not want any distractions to come along to cause them to forget about doing this. Keep this memorial throughout your generations. That means from now on. Don't keep it once, maybe two times, uh, maybe five years. Keep it from now on throughout your generations. And friends, today, the Israelites over, over there in Israel, the Jews, they still keep the Passover. They still hold it. Now, let me revert back over to me as a Gentile for a minute, because I know that many of you are, you're probably got Jewish friends that are pushing Passover. I'm, I'm not a Jew. I'm Gentile. Leave me alone. It's not my thing. Here's a Gentile talking to you now, okay? Let me, let me put it to you. When I first attended a Passover feast, I felt like I was intruding on a party that wasn't really mine. It wasn't really my party to join. I felt like I was crashing it like, well, everybody's kind of nice to me that I'm here. They're being polite, but it's not really my place. That's kind of how I felt. Now, I know that I was grafted into the Jews, their blessings, because I'm saved by Jesus, so I was grafted in. I understand that. And I also know that Romans 15 says that Gentiles are partakers of the Jews' spiritual blessings. It's kind of like when you... You have your kids bring their friends over and all these teenagers come in the house and they raid your refrigerator and they're digging in there and they're tearing all the food out and they're making all this stuff. And, you know, you walk into your kitchen and they're just taking all your groceries. They're like, hey, man, this is mine. And they look at you gobbling it down. They're like, yeah, we know. Thanks for the ice cream, by the way. (laughs) You're kind of thinking, but that's my fridge. That's my food that you're eating. Guys, as a Gentile, we kind of did that. In a way, I mean, there's plenty to go around, but we kind of did that. We raided the Jews' refrigerator and started taking their blessings. Well, God allowed it to happen, but I kind of felt like maybe I wasn't really supposed to on this Passover thing. Like Maybe it really wasn't my refrigerator to raid at that point, right? But then I found Exodus 12, 48. Now, Gentiles, listen to this. Listen hard. It says, when a stranger, that's us, the Gentile, the foreigner, when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as a native of the land, (laughs) which means he wants to keep it, circumcision, and he can be just like the Jews. He can be just like all of you, just like the Israelites. Now, circumcision, Ray, come on, wait a minute. Okay, Paul said in Romans chapter 2, those who believe in Jesus Christ are circumcised of the heart. It is a spiritual circumcision. And so now I attend Passover every single year. I never miss it. I'm looking forward to the one coming this weekend for me here in in 2022. (laughs) I'm ready because I get to go now because, first of all, my Messiah Jesus attended Passover. And if he did it, I want to do it, but also because I want to attend Passover because I have God's direct permission to attend. But what saddens me is that even with the Jews in Israel still keeping this feast, most of my Gentile friends have become so distracted they don't even know what it is.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.